3: You guys, Bridget and I are so thrilled that you are loving last week's episode with former Playboy Mansion butler, Bryant Horowitz, because he is back with us this week. He is spilling more tea and reminiscing and all the good stuff. So let's waste no more time. Let's get into it with Bryant.
4: We had heard that they were going to do a show Mm -hmm. and they had said that they wanted us to be in it. And things like that. So, before it was Girls Next Door, it was Hef's World, and they filmed the pilot for us where I explained Hef's soup and things like that. And then later, Burns came up to me and he said, I just want to let you know that the idea for this came about because of the th- the pranks you would play on Ray and the guys at Manly Night. And I thought, nobody knows. They, they know about Hef, they know about the girls, they know about the mansion and the parties. They don't know about the staff. Mm -hmm. And you guys have a lot of fun. And I said, it would be a boring job if we didn't get to have a little fun. Yeah, Obviously we're not fraternizing. Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, I'm not breaking any rules like that, but you got to have fun at the job, right, yeah. when when the situation allows. And so he said, I thought people would really be interested in knowing what goes on behind the scenes, and that some of you guys have real personalities. And he said, you know, I just wanted to tell you that that's where the idea came from, when you would play these pranks and you would be, you know, doing these things. So was he, you know, rest in peace, Kevin, but was he telling me that just to be nice? Was he telling me that because it's the truth? I don't know, but that's what he told me. So. Yeah. Uh, it was flattering, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's
3: probably true. I can see that inspiring the upstairs, downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and that's how they shot that They kind of did the pilot that mm-hmm. way. It was revolving right. around my birthday. Yes, but it was equally about the staff and and preparation for that as it was with what. Do you remember the hazing scene where you got tied to a chair? Tell <laughs> us about that.
2: Yeah, because so,
3: okay. I didn't
1: even remember it.
4: <laughs> well. <laughs> So, okay, my uh, being the shift leader there and and things like that, one of the things that I wanted to always make sure is that people who were leaving, whether they were getting another job, whether they were moving away, things like that, that they would be remembered. So we would joke around a little bit. Uh, As I told you, before Brian took over as the house manager, we had Robert. And when Robert was moving on because he got a job at a studio or something like that, um, I had the idea that we should play a prank. So I had Polly actually go up on the roof um, above the kitchen. Uh-huh. So he went upstairs through the attic up to the roof, and he had a bucket, a muck bucket of water, and when I called Robert out to the back kitchen area, dumped the water on him.
3: Oh my right? gosh! Right, and
4: so another guy, this guy Phil, who was never around for the filming, you guys may remember Phil. He was an older Egyptian guy. Um, on his last day, I had the kitchen just put a whipped cream pie, and then we. Put it in his face, you know, like vaudeville, harmless stuff. Um, And then when I got into UCLA for my PhD program, that's in itself a full time job. So I said, well, I can still work here weekends and I can still cover shifts, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to be, I'm not going to be able to work five days a week anymore. So I had said, you know, I'm effectively quitting my full-time position and if you guys will still have me i'll work part-time on call work parties whatever yeah and so since i was the king of the pranks Mm -hmm. they all decided that they would pull one on me so my last official day was one of those sunday night buffets Mm -hmm. in the summer at the end of uh, august and um two of the playmates Allison Waite and Stacy Fusan. they lured me over towards the pool and they said hey we want to tell you something so I walked over there and they pulled me into the pool so I with my with my butler outfit on so I was oh in the God. pool in the pool with my butler outfit on completely soaked and then I walked out of the of the pool and uh, there was Hef and he was laughing and he's like hey what, what happened and I told him I'm no longer going to be full time I'm going down to part time and so I pull little pranks on people so the staff had the playmates, you know, in on it, and they pulled me into the pool. Yeah. And he was like, well, you're all wet. And I said, yes, I am. And then he uh, shook my hand. I still have a picture of him and I shaking my hand. Elaine took the picture. And he was like, well, you got great memories. Yeah. And I said, yes, sir. And then, so that was not the, but- so the butlers wanted to do their own thing. So after I'd already changed, you, you, everybody went <laughs> oh, into the movie. No.
3: Was this the same day? This was the same oh, day. This was
4: the same day. So I had finally changed I'd put on a different my backup uniform in the locker, and then I went outside to talk to the valets, and all of a sudden, three of the butlers grabbed me, put me in one of the folding chairs that the valets sit in, and they wrapped around 20 times with duct tape. Oh so my God. I couldn't move. Oh, While, no. And they taped my hands down, they taped my back to the chair, they taped my legs down, oh my and God. then they proceeded to grab 12 whipped cream pie containers from that they had made in the kitchen.
3: Oh, my gosh. And the
4: kitchen staff, and they covered me with them.
3: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I remember and, seeing this from, like, remember how there was the little glass window yeah. in the front door at the mansion? I'm peeking out, like, what is happening right <laughs> now?
4: So, that was my, that was the prank they pulled on me. But they said, you're the one that pulls the pranks on yeah. everybody else. We're going to double you up.
2: Oh, my gosh. So, not so,
4: so. this was about probably half an hour 20 to 30 minutes before the movie got out and they then lifted me up after all the whipped cream and being tied to the chair and they lifted me up from the archway and put me in front of the fountain and I was <laughs> like are I you know. guys are you guys gonna leave me here and they're like movie's out in like 15 minutes and I was like you're gonna leave me here so that Hef and the guests and they're like yep so
3: who was the first person to walk out and discover you the first you? person
4: to walk out I believe was Stacy
3: Oh my God, Stacy um, Burke. Stacy Burke.
4: Burke. Stacey Burke was. Oh, the first she would
3: have been one. into oh it. God. She would have been like, right She was yeah.
4: very into it. She was very into it. I think she may have even licked a little whipped cream oh, off, of my, so off of my face. That is so Funny. And she was laughing. And then she came to get other guests. And instead of you know when when we were done when you were done with the movie you walk through the great hall into the dining room the finger sandwiches the desserts the yeah. coffee she funneled everybody out <laughs> to the. Um, to the driveway yeah. to the fountain and they all saw me and Joel and Allison were cracking up and Rich and Beth were cracking up and everybody starts taking pictures and Elaine was still there for some reason maybe it was because they told her maybe yeah. maybe she was in on it too yeah. and so she was there taking pictures and then the one, the one thing I didn't expect was that Hef came out too because of course if someone's having fun at his house he wants to know yeah. mm-hmm. I think that um, when I dumped the water on Robert like years earlier I think Hef had heard something and he wanted to know what was going on and he likes it if he's in on the joke Yeah. Right. <laughs> so he came out and he took pictures with me and he gave me the thumbs up and things like that. And I, afterwards, I was just laughing. And I was like, well, here we are again, sir, like two hours later. And he's like, didn't I tell you you'd have memories that would last a lifetime?
2: Ah! <laughs>
4: so that was uh, so. so the, the funniest thing about that, though, is that the Girls Next Door crew was there every weekend.
2: Mm-hmm. They were
4: there Saturday, they were Sunday, they were there Friday, you know, just to pick up on stuff. Um, even if you didn't have like a themed episode at the time. This was the one day they were not there.
3: Oh, weird. Uh, I thought not- it was for the pilot. And then Hef was like, we can't have that in the show. I don't want people to think there's hazing over here.
4: So what Kevin found when Kevin found out that this is what happened, he was like, that's amazing. We need to put that in an episode.
2: Oh. He then
4: asked Hef if that was cool. He said, Bryant already said it was fine. He's happy to do it again. It was all for fun. He's the prank master, and Hef, that's when Hef said, no, we don't want it to look like we're hazing people. Yeah. So it never <laughs> got put in the show, because it was the one day they weren't there. I, I, oh I don't God. know if they had actually filmed it, if he would have let them.
1: Yeah. Probably not.
4: But, um, yeah, but he said he didn't want it to look like we hazed people, so.
1: Yeah. That's I so promise it was
4: all in good fun. Yeah, yeah It was of course. pies <laughs> to the face and, and yeah. water. That yeah. was pretty much it, so.
1: So when the um, the pilot was filmed and it was gonna be like the upstairs downstairs thing, mm-hmm. and then E! came back and said we want it to be about the girls. Were you guys relieved? We were. Or okay. We
4: were. We were relieved. I don't know
1: if you'd be relieved or disappointed. <laughs> like it's hard to. Well, I
4: well, I would I would imagine Brian might have been a little disappointed, but um. Well, uh, he
1: was still a big part of the show. Even right. Of after. course, of
4: course, and and so uh, I think Carlina and I definitely were. were relieved. Carlina never wanted to be in the spotlight. I couldn't care less if they filmed me or not. I was fine. Um, But it was, you know, I think there there was a little bit of relief because it's like, okay, well, they're not focusing on us, so we don't have to worry about. Being in a certain way or anything like that Yeah um, It was a little hard to get used to at the beginning Because it's like you're used to just walking through And now you have to walk around these cameras mm-hmm. And I almost got hit in the head a bunch of times <laughs> by Yeah cameras, I believe it The back of the camera, the front of the camera mm-hmm. I had to duck underneath Yeah. <laughs> so it was um, It was an obstacle um, But I think overall I would have to say that, that we were relieved It wasn't necessarily focused on us Would we have been upset If they had kept it Hef's world and we had a more prominent role, no, would have been fine.
1: Okay, so let's talk about filming a little bit. Okay, so I have not rewatched these since we've done commentary on them, which was like one year after we filmed them. Yeah. And so it's been like... Well, for this first season, it's been almost 18 years yeah. since I've watched them. And so I've only re-watched the first season so far, because that's all we're at on this mm-hmm. podcast. And in a lot of the scenes, or a lot of the episodes, I should say, you're kind of Kendra's muse. Yes. And I'm wondering if that happened by happenstance, or did they ask you to do that, or...?
4: It was a little of both. I think one of the things that Kevin realized before they started filming was that Kendra and I had a good rapport. I don't want to say relationship because that word gets you in trouble. (laughs) But when Kendra first came to the mansion, she was down in the pantry a lot Mm -hmm. because she had no idea what to expect, what was going on. she got
1: in trouble for being down there, too.
4: Yes, she did. But it was only to, again, to make people feel more at home, Mm -hmm. to make them relax, to give them an overall good experience. During the parties, Like she was the sports girl. Mm -hmm. And we'd have those ESPY parties and those fight nights and there'd be a lot of sports celebrities and I used to take her up and I would say, hey, NBA superstar Kevin Garnett, this is Kendra. Kendra, this is Kevin Garnett. Like, meet each other. And um, so her and I always had a good friendship and a good, you know, again, I don't use the word relationship, rapport. We were Mm -hmm. always good together. Sometimes we'd joke around. And so, a lot of times, maybe it could be that other butlers weren't that close with her, or they didn't have the same conversations and things mm-hmm. like that. so it came naturally. It mm-hmm. wasn't something you know people say, "Oh, for reality shows, some of it's staged, and they tell you to say certain things there was obviously not that um, but there were times where the producers would say, "You know, "Oh, we want you over there, we want you to talk to talk to Kendra about this or." Kendra asked for you for this because we were comfortable with mm-hmm. one another. And after the first few episodes of watching dailies and things like that, Byrne said, you and Kendra have a natural um, chemistry, again. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Not, <laughs> not, in, a, not yeah. in a sexual way or yeah, anything right. like that. But you two are really funny together. You crack jokes, and it's a really good, on and off screen, it's a really good rapport. Mm-hmm. So sometimes um, it would just be her coming down and doing her thing, and we would do this off camera the same
2: mm-hmm. same way.
4: Um, Especially once Burns was like, "Yeah, relax. You're not going to get in trouble." Yeah, and then uh, so and then sometimes like when she was washing her car in season one, I think it was, and she was out there like twerking, and then I walked by and I was like, "Hey, you want to do my car next?" And then she brushed me off. You know, things like that. That was just sometimes they would say, "Hey, go interact with her."
1: Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll
4: reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.
1: Well, that was actually one of the things on my list because um, there's a couple of scenes that I just thought of off the top of my head. A whipped cream scene where Mm -hmm. she's like squirting you with whipped cream. But you don't seem amused by this. Right. I mean, I feel like you look kind of, like, annoyed by this.
4: Uh, I was... I was annoyed because she got some on my uniform.
1: Yeah. Well, on um, purpose.
4: Yes. And it was a little more than our normal, like, back and forth. Like, we were very buddy-buddy, jokey-jokey. Yeah. And that one, I was a little annoyed because I'm like, now I gotta go change my uniform. Right. And I was like, you you went a little farther than you normally go. And I think that was still at the time, at the beginning, when we're like, how do we react? So, I think... Part of that was me being a little frozen. Like, she's going to do what she wants. Mm -hmm. And I have to stand there and take it. Right. I'm not going to yell at her. And I'll, you know, I'll I'll go along with it. But, like, is Hef going to be mad? If I just stand there, he can't yell at me for things. And so that was around that time where they were like, "You Kevin's like, you can relax. Yeah. You guys can be who you are. They want to see that. And we're like, okay. Well, when they moved it to (laughs) you girls, we're like, we don't want to steal scenes. We don't want to, you know... We don't want to have to get mad. We don't want, you know, things like that. So we had to figure out how we fit in and how much we could and couldn't do. Mm -hmm. But with the whipped cream, yeah, I was a little annoyed.
1: Yeah. Well, then there's another scene that's um, a whole other episode, but she does the same thing with paint. Yep. But it's dry, but I'm sure you probably don't realize it at the moment that she's doing it. But it's sort of like, uh, thanks a lot. Like. You know, but the one I really wanted to ask you about it, and you already brought it up, is the car wash scene mm-hmm. because do you remember that day? Yes. And she washed the car in a Confederate flag shirt, and do you remember the drama associated with that?
4: I remember that that it was controversial. I don't remember. I don't. I don't know if I was around for all of the drama because I know that they asked me to come out and I make a comment and things like that, but I don't think I was there for most of the aftermath aftermath yeah
1: because I don't think I was there during the car washing because I don't recall her doing that at all but Mm -hmm. I remember coming home and there was like buzz in the pantry area and it's like what's you didn't hear and like I don't know what happened Kendra was wearing a confederate flag shirt washing the car and there were some staff that were not happy about this situation so I was told that they sent somebody out to say something to her about it and I thought maybe that scene where you go out there was that scene no that wasn't it wasn't no that wasn't
4: I I didn't go to tell her how to dress or not dress or anything like that
1: well, but. not to tell her how to dress <laughs> or, or not just, how to dress, but just tell her that it was off- offensive to yeah. some people.
4: Nope, that wasn't me. I mean, that's not why I was out there.
1: I'm I curious think they- who told her later.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so then uh, after season one, mm-hmm. do you want to? Do you know what I'm about to say? No. About the no
3: more scenes. Oh yeah, so we met up with a producer who wants to remain anonymous, who was mm-hmm. kind of giving us some um, behind the scenes. This person worked um, like in the edits, so oh, okay. they right. came to the mansion a few times. So I probably really would have never like, seen no, him. No, yeah. uh-uh. they said after season one, Hef like wanted to not do the pantry scenes anymore because I, I think he had kind of an insecurity. Not, mm-hmm. not not that he thought anybody had anything going on with Kendra or you had anything going on. No, no, no. But I think it's just like an insecurity that goes way back to like other people
1: and <laughs> what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. <laughs>
4: well, again, that's when we're talking about that fine line right? Mm -hmm. So I think um, we we were also, we we just knew that they were cutting some of those down but um, you know, you act like we heard that Girls Next Door was going to be, instead of Hef's World we were like, wow, I can't believe he's giving you that opportunity Mm -hmm. and so we were and and again, we were like, well how much or little can we do? And totally makes sense that he's like, well if these butlers are stealing the show
0: and
4: and getting more notoriety, (laughs) like I was not Trying to do that. Yeah, I was just sure. doing what I was asked to do. Mm-hmm. And if they said it was too much, I would tone down because I still was going to school and yeah. I still was working there and I needed the money. I needed to, to keep making car payments and pay rent. Uh, so, you know, it was not a surprise to us that they did less of those scenes um, at yeah. that time anyway.
1: You know what's so interesting to me is how you say that you guys were really surprised that Hef would let his girlfriends be the stars of a show and have a chance to be even or as famous as he is. But I don't think he ever thought that he was doing that. Right. I think he thought this show was about him and the three girls that lived there. But it could be anybody because we were told right. that all the time that we were replaceable and just another been, blonde. Yeah, that it could have been anybody. <laughs> it didn't matter that it, we we in his mind we weren't. Famous.
4: It was him, still, that made it.
1: And even if we were famous, it was because of him. It wasn't because
4: mm-hmm.
1: people liked us on our own.
4: And that makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? But if a butler has their name on the screen, like, that's how I realized he knew my name. I was the only butler, as far as I know, that he called by my first name, which was a little intimidating.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, But I
4: also knew that they, he would watch a lot of dailies and my name would be yeah, there. Yeah, right. Because normally he'd buzz down, it's Hefner. He wouldn't ask for anybody's name yeah. unless you were in trouble and somebody told him to ask for somebody's name. Yeah. Because that happened a couple times. but.
1: <laughs> well, then the show airs. Um, we'd always have the screenings in the screening room, but uh, you guys weren't in there. No,
4: we weren't in there for that.
1: And right after the show started airing, well, first I should say that before the show even started airing, the mansion would get a lot of prank calls.
4: Oh, yeah. All the time, way before you guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and way after. <laughs> well, what were those prank calls like?
4: Uh, a lot of times, people were, uh, you know, because we'd have to answer the phone, Playboy or Playboy Mansion. Can I help you? Because mm-hmm. we were the switchboard. The number was listed publicly.
1: I know for
4: years. And uh, you know, and way before we had caller ID and Star sixty nine and things like that. So was it listed
3: I, under? Do you know if it was listed under Hefner
1: Hugh or the Playboy Mansion? Like th- in a phone? I think, I think it was Playboy Mansion. I think oh, it was
4: Playboy Mansion. Funny. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I feel sure. like I've
1: looked it up before. Oh my gosh. Way back in the day when you had to do those
0: things.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so we we would get a lot of. Hang-ups. We Uh would get a lot of, you know, just people being ridiculous and asking for hef or asking for girls and, you know, people that just, like, couldn't believe that the number was actually real. And then sometimes there would be people who would call that were uh, drunk, and Mm -hmm. there was this one woman who lived in Chicago. Her name was Diane.
2: Uh, yes. Do you
4: remember Diane? Yeah, she's the one who said she we, was Hef's daughter? Because do you remember that we used to uh, when you would tell, ask us when Diane called and we would invite you in so you yes, could listen to her? Yes, I heard antics. her. So one of the things um, that was really fun for us is once we got caller ID we could see some of the same repeat numbers. So we knew if Diane or somebody like that was calling. There was also this Lisa Hewen who had done a photo shoot for the magazine like way back in the day and was always asking for money from Hef.
3: Oh, no. Some Canadian woman and things like that. And
4: she was really down on her luck and was like trying. But Diane, Diane was uh, not really sure exactly what was going on with Diane, except she was always... Uh, I guess I described it as three sheets to the wind <laughs> yeah. and she would call up and she would be delusional and she would um, she honestly believed that she was Hef's daughter
2: oh my gosh and that
4: she was our boss <gasps> and that she ran the mansion <gasps> so sometimes we would just have conversations with her for like 20 minutes wow uh, and other times, sometimes uh, people would prank call us all the time, so what we we were able to do once we had like call linking like three way calling <laughs> sometimes, and you were around for this too, and you were sometimes we would uh, have somebody prank call and we'd put them on hold, and then somebody else would prank call and we 'd take the number <laughs> yes. down and then we would link the two numbers together and have <laughs> so them pranking funny. each other and we would be on mute just listening
3: <laughs> <laughs> so funny
4: and that made our jobs so much fun cuz you know a lot of times like we had to work to set up we had to do the buffet and then there would be days where you know when when you're in the movie we've cleaned everything up and we're just waiting for the movie to end so we'd have an hour to just sit and do nothing and so these prank calls a lot of people got annoyed by the prank calls we just we made it fun carlina yeah. and i especially
2: that's so made it funny. fun by
4: having them crank call each other or sometimes we would uh, sometimes we'd call a butler who was off and we would three way uh, oh a God. prank call like Diane with my friend Evan oh, who no. then Evan. You know, Evan. Later, later who later worked in video with with Collado yeah. Yeah. so I would and Evan was my roommate for a year too so sometimes when Diane was off, <laughs> he loved messing with Diane so sometimes just if we were bored we would we would like three way call Evan with Diane and just oh let gosh. him just let him talk and he'd be like you guys.
3: <laughs> Evan commented on one of my reels which had us talking on the podcast. He goes, "Justice for Archie," and I go, "What does that
1: mean?" <laughs> he never answered. I think it's because we talk about Archie's farts. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> they Archie. were they would Legendary. clear a
4: room. Legendary. Clear a yep.
1: room. Then after the show started airing, and I have a photo of it, there was a the whiteboard in the pantry, and it said prank calls, and it said Holly, Bridget, Kendra, oh, so and you guys would tally how many phone calls we each got.
4: So one one of the things that we um, did to keep things interesting, because again, like you know, again, weekends was always busy and things like that, but during the week we would have sometimes hours when nothing would happen, so we would do like thoughts of the day, and we'd do like little little things. So we. Sometimes that's what we would do Like to, We had our whiteboard that they put in there And so we would come up with some theme or idea We would ask people Like what's your favorite blah 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 And then we'd put the, the winners And so uh, one of those things was How many prank calls for which girls And which girl got the most prank calls And so we would do that And we would tally <laughs> every time someone asked for Holly Someone asked for Bridget Someone yeah. asked for Kendra We would tally it down And these are some of the things we would do Just to keep it fun and interesting
1: Yeah <laughs> um, somebody was telling us too about lottery tickets you guys had in there, and every once in a while, Hef would see it and, and want to pitch in on yep. the lottery too. Yeah,
4: it was mostly the the maintenance guys that started it, and they would when when the the jackpot would get really big, you know, um, they would have one person go down and they would collect money. They would collect from the butlers, from security, from you know, not yeah. the guests, but they would collect from mm-hmm. the employees. And they were like, if we're gonna win, you know, we're gonna share. Yeah, because we were really a family, and I, I didn't do it as many times as some of the others because I'm like, I'm not as big on the lottery as, yeah. as some of the others. Um, but it was it was a big thing, and they would all like gather around when the numbers were being read. Oh and so gosh. yeah, when yeah. when have heard about it, he's like, I'd chip in.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and they,
4: you know, the first time they were like, really, like <laughs> you already have a lot of money, but. Again, he wanted to be part of the stuff that went on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Um, when you were watching the show, did you feel like it was an accurate representation of what was happening at the mansion?
4: I felt I felt like it was. I think the reason the reason that I watched the show is I'm I was like I'm curious what how they cut my scenes together and things <laughs> yeah. like that. Like what did what did they put in, what did they not put in? And of course because I had friends that are like, You're on TV, we're gonna watch this. And yeah. I was like, so I couldn't really mm-hmm. escape it. Yeah. Wasn't it wasn't a big deal to me. I was just like, Oh, was this accurate, was this not accurate? And you know, I mean I wasn't in it enough like minutes wise that it was that they would like patch things together. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought it was pretty, pretty accurate representation of what was going on.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary.
2: Cannot be combined
1: with any other offer. Single
0: item at regular price. ba da A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.
1: Was it hard to watch yourself?
0: No, I know a
4: lot of people say that it's hard to watch yourself. I think I didn't, I don't really have a problem with that. Like, I wasn't excited to watch myself, <laughs> but I wasn't like cringing about it. So I think, I guess, kind of indifferent. Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay. Oh, well, they didn't use the whole scene there. Oh, okay, yeah. that, that was pretty much it.
1: I know, I always freak out to watch myself, and I hate hearing my voice afterwards. I'm like, yeah. no, it that's not so how I sound. Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah that's probably, that was probably the, uh, you know, kind of nasally. So I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. <laughs> but but that that would be the only real problem I had with it
1: yeah we touched on this earlier when you were talking about how we did the table read for the movie mm-hmm. but did you guys like when there were special events kind of at the mansion like my murder mystery parties or our pumpkin yeah. carving parties or like yes. the table reader your, your
4: your murder mystery party was uh, we we had a lot of fun with those and in fact like I said um, because I was only working part time there would be some times where they'd call me and they'd be like Bridget wants you for this or you know Kendra wants you for this or you know Hollywood like this could you come by
2: uh-huh. and and,
4: you know, I wasn't getting paid for it because we didn't get paid for the show. We just signed our agreement. Oh, and
1: the show would call you, not the
2: mansion. The
4: show would call me. Sometimes Brian would say, hey, you know, Bridget wants this. Like for the reading, I think Brian called me. And he was like, uh, I know you're at UCLA down the street. Do you think you'd come in for this? And I was like, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Of course I'd do it. Yeah. You know, so and pe- some people would be like, well, you're not even you're not on the clock. You're not yeah. getting paid that day. I'm like, this is fun. Yeah You know um, So no we, we totally got into the, Some of that stuff The murder mystery Was so much fun Where we put on tuxedos
2: Yeah We
4: had the gloves
2: Yeah The um, butler we, ballet <laughs>
4: We took pictures with Hef Because he loved That we were in um, tuxedos Yeah And I think My favorite Obviously my favorite thing From that episode Was convincing Kendra That Archie was the murderer Yes
3: I that know was so funny. Oh, We talked about that
4: That was not That was not asked of me That was completely <laughs> organic So And she I didn't realize She was going to run with it And tell everybody else Like we were just Totally messing with her.
3: Mary's like, Archie? The, the dog? dog? <laughs> so
2: confused.
4: Yeah. yeah. That was one of my favorite moments.
1: So what would you say is one of the wildest things you ever saw at the mansion?
4: One of the wildest things <laughs> that I'm allowed to say.
1: Uh-oh. Um,
4: well, one of, one of my favorite stories, I guess this wouldn't be wild, but um, I'll, I'll give you this one. This one was just kind of like, doesn't normally happen. Um, Pam Anderson calls it like, 11 o'clock at night on a Wednesday. And I was about to get off work at like 12.30. I worked 4 to 12.30 p.m. 4 p.m. to 12.30 a.m. She calls up and she's like, hey, can I talk to Hef? And I'm like, wow, it's really late. It's 11 o'clock.
1: Is it a prank call? Uh, no, it was really Pam.
4: Like we, I, I knew Pam from like um, Easter when she'd bring the kids and stuff uh-huh. like that. So I was like, okay. She's like, I happen to have um, the photographer David LaChapelle with me and he's never been to the mansion. And we were just talking about it in the car, and I wanted to ask Hef if I could give him a tour. Nobody comes at 11 o'clock at night yeah, on a Wednesday funny. to give a tour. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll, I hope that he doesn't get disturbed that I'm waking him up <laughs> at 11. So I buzz him, and he happened to wake up, or, he, or be awake, and he's like, yes. And I said, I'm so sorry to bother you, sir. Um, Pam Anderson is on the phone. She wanted to talk to you. I promise it's her. It's not a fake. Um, she has David LaChapelle, the famous Photographer, and she wants to give him a tour Oh, well if it's Pam, yeah <laughs> So I said, okay, and then um, secure- And then he called security Security is like, Tony, I think it was in security And he said, okay um, They're coming up, so If they need anything, go ahead and give them So Pam came in with David LaChapelle And it was just me and this guy Darren And uh, We were like, okay, you guys need anything? And they're like, no, we're just going to show them around I said, okay, you know, just don't go upstairs and have fun. And then about 45 minutes later uh, they came into the pantry and Pam's like, I've met you before, right? And I said, yeah, you know, I've served you and the kids at Easter and things like that. And she's like, well, then we're friends, right? And I said, sure. And she said, well, friends drink together, right? And then again, this is, oh. again, when I don't normally drink on the job, especially 45 minutes before my shift ends. But she's like, well, if we're friends, friends drink. And nobody was awake, so we were like, sure. So Darren and myself and David LaChapelle and uh, and Pam, I poured them shots of Patron, and we just took shots and <laughs> cheered, and that was one of the the weirdest things. Um yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I mean, I know that there's there's been weird things.
1: You've, I'm sure you've seen lots of things happening in the grotto, because I've even seen, I've seen that. Yeah,
4: the grotto is probably the weirdest thing. Um,
1: <laughs> Knowing what you know that happens in the grotto, would you go in the grotto?
4: No. <laughs> no, no, nope, I've cleaned up too much in there. Um,
1: grotto water. So, yeah, I think, Do you know when I used to give tours at the mansion, people would want... They would empty out their bottle of water and yep. put grotto water. Oh, in. I've, I've, yeah,
4: I've, I've been given. I've given tours when that's happened too. Yeah.
1: Oh like, you don't want that.
4: Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say. Well, I, I, I've seen, I've seen Snoop Dogg fall down the, the back stairs to the to the laundry room because he was too faded.
3: Oh no! Which
4: is uh, and, he and was he, going down to the basement. He well, he wasn't trying to. He was he was hanging <laughs> for some reason during a party. He was hanging. Back in the back area where our soda fountain was. You know the back kitchen oh, the area. Back
1: kitchen, the and then kitchen. there's
4: those those stone steps down to the laundry room. Ouch. And he was hanging out just at the top of the stairs and he lost his balance and <gasps> fell. But he was so oh, no. he was so faded that he popped right back up and he's like, I'm fine.
3: Oh my and god. And I was like
4: oh. the the day that Snoop Dogg can't handle his shit, that's a weird day. Wow.
3: Yeah. Uh wow. yeah. The comedy of that scene reminds me of, like... Do you remember? I think it was 4th of July, but it was when we were sitting at the table, like, eating. It was, like, dinner time. And Crispin Glover was, like, standing up against the house. And this was when he was starring in some movie where he played, like, a rat person. Yeah, Willard. 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 So, he's standing there. And there were... Just so you guys know, like, the landscaping at the mansion was always organic. So, there were... I don't want to make this sound gross because people are going to picture rats. But there would be... (laughs) rats like in the ivy yeah you wouldn't see rats running around but it's like it, they were there yeah so he was like backed up against the house and a r- bunch of rats well <laughs> i thought it was just one rat ran out <laughs> and ran right for his and foot he, and he just freaked out he, went, he freaked but it was so funny just the visual of it and just the fact that he just got done starring in a movie called willard about this
1: rat about guy rats, yeah oh my god it was so funny Oh my god, that that was a good mansion memory. That is
4: strange. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen a a lot of incidents involving Vern Troyer.
3: (gasps) Oh, yeah. Like sexual?
4: Mm -hmm. Like some of the girls were really intrigued by him. And so um, there would be times where I would... Be serving a drink or something And I'd turn right back around Because I did not need to be part of that
2: Yeah wow.
4: um, I had heard that um, One time he brought a girl up That was asking people to like Pee in her mouth or something oh, like that But man. okay weirdest thing here. Here's a really uh, interesting <laughs> one I, I, I don't know why I didn't think of this before So one of those first parties Before the girlfriends um, There was a at this point in time, because it was still the late '90s, so relatively unknown actress Angelina Jolie. This was like after her was a Gia that she did. I can't remember the name of the movie specifically, but it was like before she hit it big, mm-hmm. before Brad Pitt and okay. things like that. And I was in the um, I was in the bathhouse area cleaning out because one of the things we had to do. Uh, which was so much fun, was clean out the trash cans, the barrels, oh. and and just replace the bags and things like that. So yeah. all I was doing at that point, it was after midnight, all I was doing is replacing bags. And there was a girl in the bathhouse that had a bunch of other people, and there was like the middle bathhouse. And she, I, I knocked on the door to ask if they needed me to, to empty the trash can and this girl who i didn't recognize at the time was like no but i need you to spank me
3: oh I my was god like, that's so funny and again
4: this was my first couple years there yeah. so i was still not i wasn't well i'm, I'm i wouldn't ever be comfortable doing that <laughs> yeah. for anybody but like <laughs> I, I turned it
2: down, um, that
4: but so that funny. was probably the weirdest. Yeah, <laughs> was, you know, yeah. and it, and if it wasn't me, if some whoever the next person was, it's not because it was me. It was just because I happened to be there.
1: Yeah, so you funny. know, but
4: that was probably the weirdest.
1: Were there any really weird girlfriend requests?
4: Weird girlfriend requests. Um, I mean, I, I'd probably say that you know we've had them chaperone us. We've had them go out. You know. Um, and and get things outside of the mansion. Uh, I probably would say because considering our you know our mansion staff, especially the the chefs, were really good. We sometimes we'd have you know five star luncheons mm-hmm. for Rosenzweig and things like that. Yeah. We had really high quality food a lot of time during the parties and things like that. And I remember working graveyards or half graveyards before you guys, and we would. Get asked, and this to me, I thought this was the the weirdest, grossest thing. We would get asked to go to Seven Eleven and just buy the entire stock of Seven Eleven sushi, which is just the cheap, crappy like. I don't think I would trust Seven Eleven sushi.
3: I didn't even know they had sushi. Oh it's wow. just the, the the
4: prepackaged crap.
3: Oh wow! And like
4: one, two in the morning, we'd get a call from one of the girls. Can you go and buy sushi? And you know what? Whatever's there, just buy it. And that. To me, that stands out as the weirdest.
1: That is
3: unusual. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of going off property, I always used to call it campus. Like I used to call down to the the because you guys used to log mm-hmm. in who was on the yes. property and who was off the property. Yeah, that
4: was security. But yes, we always had a. But they
1: call you too, right? Yes. In the yes. B- and you'd put oh, it in right. We put, put
4: it in the book. Yes.
1: And I would, um, I would call down and be like, "Is Holly on campus?" Yes. <laughs> I always used the word campus. And we'd have,
4: yeah, we'd have to have record of that.
1: <laughs> but speaking of going, oh, did you guys ever tell on people? Like if we were past curfew or something? Like were you like, or was it only if? they were asked
4: only if we were asked we we've never volunteer again we stayed away from that right so we had the logbook we had the record and security would have it backed up so they could corroborate a story yeah right if we we're so we we would never narc on people no
1: but if Heff called down and said, "It's 9:02. Is Bridget on the property?" You, you would be like, "Well, no, sir. I have her logged off since 3:30." <laughs> we had
4: we had to write down. Yeah, you're right. We had to write down the exact time, not seconds, but we had to write the the time. Like if you if you left the property and security called us at 3:38 p.m., it would say Bridget off at 3:38 p.m. Yeah, and then you initial it so they knew who wrote it too. Yeah. So like we had to keep
0: the logs. Yeah. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office.
1: So nobody came with us during the day, but we were definitely tracked when we were yeah. on and off campus. <laughs> but um, but what I was going to say is, uh, we were talking yesterday too about like craziest requests, and you mm-hmm. were sent off campus. I was for something. Tell that story. <laughs>
4: so it was uh, Fourth of July. Yeah. It was a, uh, which was always fireworks, and it was a pool party. Yes. And one of the first guests to arrive that day uh, was one Donald J Trump. Uh, with a captain hat that looked like Hef's captain hat. Oh my gosh, that's funny. So they were like twinsies (laughs) for a little bit there. Um, And he showed up in a full suit, basically, and it was getting warm. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I don't know if he had ever planned on going in the pool or not, but he did not have any equipment. He didn't have a swimsuit or anything like that. And because the party had already started, all security guards that might go off campus for anything... No, now yeah. I'm, now you got yeah. me saying campus off property. off property For these things They asked me If I could go get him Take some petty cash And go get Trump a swimsuit And I was not about to spend A lot of time um, I was not necessarily A fan of Trump then <laughs> um, and so like, where
1: do you go though? Right. Where are and, you supposed to And, get this? and
4: it's 4th of July Fourth of So July. there's not many places open So what did I do? I went to the closest place I could find that was open, which was Ross Dress for Less, (laughs) right outside of the Westwood Village, and I bought the cheapest suit that I could find. I don't even know if it was $10.
1: Oh my gosh, Uh, did he wear it?
4: And I believe he did wear it.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I don't know
4: if he actually, I know he wore it, but I don't know if he actually went into the water. Wow. I I don't believe he ever went in the water, but he did wear the suit.
3: Was it just the bottoms?
4: It was just the bottoms.
3: Oh, my gosh. Wait, what is there a top to um, well, When I, I, don't, I, I don't know why, but when I picture him in a bathing suit, I picture, like, one of those 1920s, like, onesies. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, how is there a top to this? But I don't remember him walking around, like, with his stomach out.
4: No, I I think he had a shirt on. Oh, okay, there might have been, because there, there okay. was, you know, there was other bathing suits and other mm-hmm. clothes that we had from, like, People that had left him there and things mm-hmm. like that. Mostly women's swimsuits. Yeah, there
3: was like a bag of seventies bikinis yes. in the bathhouse. And there were
4: a few. There were a few, you know, male swimsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, there was probably an oversized shirt. I only bought the trunks. Yeah, and I know that that he was not, you know, shirtless. Yeah. oh that's
1: good that's good
4: but, but he did put on the trunks and he probably would have been appalled to know that they were less than ten yeah. dollars that's cheapest, so funny cheapest material known to man he yeah. would
1: want you to go to that place in um, Beverly Hills what is it sort of the V you know what you're t- um, Van. Vilberquin yeah I could yeah. never say it right Okay, so we talked about what your favorite party was. Was there a least favorite party when you guys were like, "Oh, Fourth of July is coming up" or something? No,
4: Fourth of July was Fourth of July was always fun. Yeah, um, there, I'm just there, making that up as an couple, example. A cut. Well, there were. I was going to say we had the giant slip and slide, which was featured oh, on the show. My fun. favorite. And uh, we had. There were a couple years where like I didn't go, but I would be lifeguarding.
1: Hmm.
4: Um. And so the uh, people
1: did lifeguarding.
4: Well, we were just there to make sure that nobody like got hurt. And on like, the slip
1: and slide or in the pool?
4: On the slip and slide. Oh. Yeah. Not, not I were mean, you, we had lifeguards for the pool that were actual lifeguards, like, that were certified. There were? Mm-hmm.
1: I did not know that yeah. they
3: were during
4: the parties. In. They yeah, were they blended in. in yes. They weren't
3: like sitting on a chair but, in a red no, suit. but no. they would have
4: us. I mean, we'd be wearing like white polo shirts and khaki shorts for the Fourth of July party, and we just we were there sometimes. And sometimes um, to get faster on the slip and slide, we would have to apply oil, yeah, baby, baby oil, yeah, to the girls girl. uh, and things like that. But yeah, a couple times uh, the the staff at the end of the night when everybody was gone, we would go down the slip and slide. They're in. the best.
1: Um, yeah. well, the really dangerous ones were the first ones we had when it was just those. Little slip and slides nailed into the ground and it Jimmy wasn't. Rigged. Yeah, it was, those were the dangerous ones. Oh
4: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hank had to figure out how to like
1: stop, get us around that, and then he put
4: the big tarp up so that people could just like fall into it at the end.
1: Well, you don't really fall into it. You you slide, you slide up it and, and then you down. Slide up. and yep. Yeah, it was.
4: But it was still better than the stakes. <laughs> it, it was yeah. still
1: fun. <laughs> yes. It was of course. So fun. Um, it was I would.
4: Fun. I would probably have to say that my least favorite party was. Um, Probably New Year's Eve.
3: Oh, yeah. Um, That one had a downer vibe. That one,
4: there was only, what, that was less than half of what a normal party was. Mm -hmm. Everybody was really dressed up. Um, A lot of people had other places to go, and so they wouldn't even stay. So when it came midnight, you have, you know, the crew that's there and some other people that that didn't want to be anywhere else. But a lot of people had somewhere else to be, and it was just, it wasn't as fun. It wasn't as glamorous. Yeah. You know, it was you know there were, we weren't making money off cigarettes right. or anything yeah. like that the bartenders weren't making that much tips and yeah. so it was kind of like we could you know we could do our own thing on new year's eve we don't have to be here but again i i was i was fine with it but yeah it was probably the least entertaining the least fun to be there cuz yeah it was just kind of here it is
1: yeah. What did about some of the? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I
3: think you're gonna ask the same thing I was gonna ask. The rental parties. Yeah. Did you ever have to work Candyland? Uh huh. How was that? <laughs> oh,
4: I worked Candyland. Yeah, I worked. I worked all the Candylands um, while, when I was there. Um, Candyland was interesting because, again, you don't have the you don't have the same caliber of guests. Mm-hmm. Like when people were guests, you know, if you were on the list. You got to go to the parties unless somehow you messed up or something like that. But there was always a sense of decorum. There was always like you know, don't walk up to Hef unless he asks, and you know, there was a certain behavior that you knew to stay within the rules. But yeah. in Candyland, all these randos would come up, and it was just, it was just kind of chaos everywhere. Uh-huh. And so it was just like you, you, you felt dirty afterwards. <laughs> you felt, you just felt kind of slimy oh, afterwards. No. You know, it was you know all those people that thought about you know wanting to have sex in public at the mansion. Mm-hmm. Like they don't do that at the parties, not yeah. not not really. Or if you mm-hmm. do, you go someplace discreet, yeah. not a Candyland. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so god. So it could just, it's just chaos, and you know, um, you know there there were some drugs around more mm-hmm. much more than any sort of party or anything like that. But like um, it was just yeah, you just felt kind of dirty. you know the, the girls, did, the go go dancers in the cages and things like that, and people just staring up and you're just like
2: and lots of throw up
4: lots lots of throw up oh my god that's what we always heard that
3: the vomiting was like notorious yeah the smells the smells of Candyland
4: were horrible oh my
3: god the smells of (laughs) Candyland
4: the smell was probably the worst part
2: oh no and they
4: would pack it so like you know we had you know we had like the the video guys that made sure it wasn't too loud for the neighbors and there was like a a limit of like you know sometimes 1000 1200 i think like i said like that midsummer's 99 when the a listers were there i think we had as many as like maybe 1200 and it was packed candyland would fi- would would shove in 1500 and so like wow. not only was it gross and smelly but you could not have your own path just to pick up cups and plates
3: oh wow like you That's
4: had rough. you're bumping into people and like it's not, not, not. It wasn't so much fun. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Ick, yeah. Ick. Mm-hmm. Were there some difficult people to deal with that everyone hated to deal with? Like, oh, this guy or this person or whatever.
4: Are you talking like guests, celebrities, like yeah, anybody? Just... Anybody <laughs> that <laughs> stands <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you
1: say, uh, residents? Re- residence. Oh, residents. <laughs> I mean,
4: they're, they're, yes. There, there were definitely difficult people to deal with. Um, there were times when like people would be with Hef and they would act different than when they were with, by themselves. Oh, oh I sure. bet that was and rampant. It was, well, it wasn't so bad for me because, like, again, I knew the dynamic wherever they were. But a lot of times, like when we talk about like food orders and things like that, and poor Roman. Oh! Because you, we, before we had the computerized system, we used to write the tickets ourselves. Yeah. And for our own purposes, they had the where you're supposed to serve it. Most of the time, we know you are, you live in this room, you live in that room. And so, like, if, you know, if Bridget's name's on it, it's going to be in Bridget's room. Unless it's, you know, unless you're down in the, in the um, dining room or something like that. But, like, so we would try to let them know, like, master. We would put a big X where it said master bedroom, and then, you know, when they were in their own bedrooms. But the kitchen staff doesn't read that. That's more for our reference of where mm-hmm. we're delivering it. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, people would order something... And then it would be what the regular order was and we'd send it up to the master and everybody would freak out and we'd get yelled at. And then Mm -hmm. they'd go back to another room and they'd order and it would look like it did in the master and we'd get yelled at again. Oh no! And uh, so there was things. That, that, yeah, so we had we had our share of people. Um, I think during parties, it's it's really funny. I think that the people who were celebrities and acted accordingly, they were fine as long as anybody wasn't trying to come up mm-hmm. and take pictures with them. But there were some people that were on the fringe, like they had a little bit of money, or they were kind of a celebrity, like a C lister, where when they're up at the mansion, they wanted to feel like they were hot shit, so they would be. Um, they would be a nightmare to deal with. Ew,
3: rude. Yeah. I remember one time I was sitting, just during the day, I was in the med room with Kendra, and this older gentleman walked in. He wasn't like a super, he was up there for like a buffet movie, and he was up there early for some reason, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't like a super regular, but he walked in on his cane, and he goes, looks straight at Kendra, and he goes, get me Mary O'Connor on the phone.
2: Oh, yes. And
3: she goes, what? And he goes, Mary Mm O'Connor. And she, I need her on the phone. And she goes, Call her yourself.
4: (laughs) I I know exactly who you're talking about. You do?
3: His name was Hugh too. Mm -hmm. How do you know? Does he do that to other people? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forget what his last name was. He was some celebrity from back in the day, but he yeah. was something. I, I can't that.
4: remember his last name either, but we knew him as the other Hugh.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah,
4: you know, I mean, there was a lot of has been like yeah. older actors there. Um, he was probably the 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 worst.
2: Oh no! There,
4: there's a lot. You know, the funny thing is, there's a lot of ones that you might think would be mean, but they mm-hmm. were actually really nice. Like one of my favorite was that Nicholson. After a party, he would come up to a party on Saturday night. Cause he probably wasn't at many parties when you guys were there. but <laughs> no. Nicholson would come up to a party on Saturday night, and then he would be invited back on Sunday for buffet and movie. And most of the time, he would come up. And he would come in through the door. He would go through the dining room where the guests were sitting, and they were trying to say hi to him, and he would ignore them. And he came back to the pantry, and he would shake everybody's hand. Thank you for last night. Thank That's you. That's so night. sweet. He would go into the kitchen thank you for last night. Thank you for last night. And people, because of his persona, because of, you know, how he is at Laker games, because of, you know, like, what people, what the public sees, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't think that somebody would be that thankful and that generous. And he wanted to make sure. He's like, I don't care if you were here or not, thank you so much. And he would shake everybody's hand. Um, Oscar De La Hoya, the boxer. Mm -hmm. Also, he knew that there were a lot of um, Latinx um, Hispanic employees in the maintenance department, in the kitchen, you know, housekeeping and all that. And one time he was at a party and somebody had heard he was going to be there and they brought boxing gloves. And so there's no reason for him to even come in the house during a party, like a big, like Midsummer's type party. Might have been Midsummer's. And somebody asked, I, it wasn't Roman, but it was somebody else in the kitchen that had the boxing gloves. He came right back and signed those gloves.
3: Oh, that's so nice. He yeah. said hi
4: to everybody. So, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there, there have been plenty of people that have been difficult to deal with, um, yeah. but there's also been people that have been surprisingly nice. Yeah. It's a little, you know, some up, some down.
0: Yeah. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
1: Okay, so we're heading out. Mm-hmm. What were things like after we left?
4: After you left? Um, well, after you left, it was the Shannon Twins.
1: Did you ever hear the "Come in the milk story?
4: no
3: (laughs) so I heard this I think from you Bridget you were going to
1: (laughs) jazz festival jazz festival like you came back to go accompany everybody jazz festival invited Nick and I actually Mm -hmm. to go to jazz festival Mm -hmm. with him and Crystal and the Shannon twins and I don't know if it was anybody else with us or not and you arrived early and Hef comes downstairs and one of them goes up to heaven and said I just got
3: served milk and there was cum in it it tasted like cum and I heard didn't you say that somebody like got fired or got in trouble for it because I don't remember the story they were insisting I don't know. I heard it. you guys just disclaimer. This is clearly a third hand story, <laughs> but allegedly yeah. one of them was drinking milk and said it tasted like cum and complained about it.
1: And the butlers got in trouble or something. Like part of it sounds familiar to me, but then I'm like, wait, how do I know what, what I can't grasp it quite. Yeah <laughs> Were there,
4: were there personalities that didn't like the girls uh, in the butler staff? Yes. Would something like that have ever happened? I would say no. And then I St- was definitely not there for that.
3: And then Stacy had a story cuz I guess Stacy yeah. who we love. Then then she got a milkshake and she swore that there was dog food ground up in the milkshake. <laughs> Did you ever hear that one? <laughs>
4: I heard that uh, again wasn't, oh, you wasn't, heard wasn't, it. wasn't wasn't there and I I can't say if it was true or not cuz I wasn't there. None no. of us ever spit in anything. Yeah. or Thank god. <laughs> anything like that no no matter what at yeah. least not during my not during my time. You know or my days there yeah there there were you know some that might have been mad enough to want to <laughs> do stuff like that but yeah. none of them actually did not especially when I was a shift leader because I wouldn't that wouldn't fly with me yeah I don't care how mad you are at someone yeah. like that's not gonna that's happen gross. like you get unsanitary you're out yeah. yeah so I I hope that's not true
1: yeah is what I'm saying do you know anything about Stacy had this wild story too about one of the girls that I think it was between the girls, but somebody put, like, fish in their, like, vent or
2: something. (laughs) That's...
1: I don't
3: know how that that could have
2: happened
1: and the
3: whole house wouldn't have
2: smelled Yeah, I I
1: know. But it was, like, just in this girl's room, they put something in the, like... Do you know what?
3: I think... Oh, she said a butler did that? No, I think a girl did it. You know what? I think she has this story mixed up. So one of the girls who had one of the rooms at the time and would often have, like, girls who came home from the clubs would come, like, party in her room afterward. I went to her room once and there was, like, this paper taped to the ceiling that was hanging down from the vent. And I go, oh, what's that? And she goes, oh, I had to cover up the vents because she was smoking meth in here and it smells like rotten eggs, so I didn't want it to go down the vents.
1: Oh, (laughs) gross. (laughs) chaotic.
4: I mean, you can't smoke that stuff and then order food and have us not (laughs) smell
1: it. Right?
4: Ew.
1: Wait, there was another story I was going to ask about that. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you about because people bring this up all the time. All of the, that every room, every hallway had cameras and microphones.
4: No, there was, I mean, there was some security cameras and stuff around, but not in every room. And as far as recording devices go, the only real one um, in was out of. It wasn't even used by the time I was there. But they're in the library, in Heff's library, there was a little button underneath the where the you know the little um, bar area was, like where you, the ice bucket where you can make a drink. Yeah, yeah. There was a little button underneath that we were told that Heff had. And in the 1970s, there would be politicians and stuff there. So theoretically, whether it happened or not, I have no idea. But you could hit record, leave the room, and then whatever they're talking about behind closed doors could get recorded.
3: Wow, I never knew. It
4: that. was not serviceable mm-hmm. in the once I, when I started. Anyway, so I have no idea if he recorded. Uh, I guess it, they had the ability to, mm-hmm. but that's the only place that had like a hidden.
1: Oh wow. microphone
2: That's type crazy. of thing.
1: Well, I try to tell people all the time, there's no way there was cameras everywhere because I would have seen them. Mm-hmm. And, and and if they were old ones, like before my time, they would still be there, even if they weren't working because nobody changed things out. Like, yeah. like it just didn't get renovated. Nope. And who's
3: monitoring all that alleged footage to right. see what's going on? Right. right. <laughs> the,
4: the, only, the only people that were monitoring what cameras were working was security. Mm-hmm. And any time that you walked down to security, you could see the cameras yeah. that they had. That's all there was. There was no, there's no, no tunnels, no secret videos. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There is, um, perimeter microphones. Yes. Supposedly though.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, probably in places I didn't know exactly where they were, but there's just, just around the perimeter. And I don't know that they were even serviceable either.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think they were, but, um, I don't know. like the extent of those. So we left. Yep. And there's a turnaround.
2: Yep. It Tell was, us about,
1: like, what life was like at the mansion between, it, like, when we left, which would have been, like, I left in January of 2009. Yeah. So from 2009 to, like, when you left in 2016.
4: It was definitely different. I think that, you know, the, the staff was just tired of the, the twins when they were there, and then there was Crystal. And uh, when Crystal was there, I think things just were calm. I think they were, you know, not saying that there wasn't without drama, but I think it was, you know, and this was when I was finished finishing school and things like that, so I wasn't there as much.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But it just it it was it didn't it didn't feel the same. Yeah. And then when, you know, when when Crystal was there, it was just it was almost kind of like coming back full circle a little bit to like what it was with Kim mm. a little bit because Crystal had that, you know, kind of like I'm in charge a little... Not, not like, not the same way Kim did. Mm-hmm. But, like, it was just... It was just a different vibe, different dynamic. And then Hef was getting even older. Yeah. So, not as many parties. Uh, the, the staff was pared down. We used to have graveyard, you know, so we'd have a butler 24 hours. Now, at that point, um, the latest shift was 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. And uh-huh. there was no butler from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. until JD or whoever got there. Oh, wow, In the morning, so um because half would never be up at that time. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody wanted anything they'd have to go straight to Ramon in the kitchen. Um so it was a lot quieter, less parties. Mm-hmm. And just I don't know.
3: Did you notice when like the guest list started to get cut for mm-hmm. like buffet and movie and stuff?
4: Yeah. Yep, that was again during the crystal time because there was still it was still Kind of up there during the the twins. I worked mostly Sundays, mm-hmm. just the Sunday buffet, and I would I would um, fill in on the other days sometimes. And when it got cut, like it was pretty. It was a few people at first, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of dr- dramatic, where it would be a lot less. So we would go down to like you know, a handful of people on Fridays and Saturdays and mm-hmm. they would still have some on Sundays, but like probably no more than like what a normal Friday would have.
2: Wow. Cause That's remember really like of. we,
4: yeah, like during the summers we'd have like a hundred people on a Sunday mm-hmm. sometimes. Wow. And then like, it was down to like 40. So it was definitely, it was definitely different. And then I just, you know, I knew like they were, then they started paring down the, the, the staff as well. Mm-hmm. And so finally in 2016, after that, they're like, okay. We're not really doing many parties anymore, so we're just going to keep the staff that's there. And I was like, well, that's the end of Nera. But yeah. I was, you know, I, I didn't have, I had feelings about it because I'd been there. I started at 18. I finished. I was 36 when I worked my last party. Yeah. So I was there literally half my life Wow! at the time. It's yeah. crazy to think yeah, that. Yeah, you know? It well, is. So, um, and a
1: big part of your life, like the eighteen to thirty six, yeah. is a is a huge monumental chunk of your life. Right? Yeah,
4: there were you know there were guests there still that I still talk to sometimes that were like we literally saw you grow up.
2: Yeah. Because I went from
4: you know as as Uncle Joe would affectionately call me college puke. College um,
1: puke. <laughs> I
4: went from I went from eighteen year old college puke to you know they were calling me doctor.
1: Yeah. At the mm-hmm. end, Doctor Bryant Dr. married Dr. with Bryant. kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well,
4: one kid, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Married with kid.
1: With kid. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
4: So it was, uh, it was very interesting, you know, um, being a psychology major and going through all the classes, first the general ones, and then when I got into my master's and PhD program, it was like very specific types of classes. And you could see a lot of these, you know, things from abnormal psych and things like that going on. When oh, I was
1: going to ask you about that. Did you, when you ever talk like about
4: that? When you talk about disorders and uh-huh. depression, and, and, and we could see that those things, you know, as I'm going through and taking class. And again, I never, you know, I'm not a clinician. I right. was always research-oriented and teaching. Um, but it was definitely something that, like... I could have conversations with my professors about, you yeah. know, and things like that. It was definitely an interesting dynamic, and it was really cool because a lot of people don't know that Hef, actually, his degree was in psychology.
1: Yeah, and I feel like he's fascinated even from a psychology perspective. Like, so many people, everybody there, kind of, because everyone's there for a reason and motivations, and, yeah. I mean, it's just really, I, I feel like everybody there is fascinated in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: I mean, you could treat the whole thing as a giant social experiment. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Right? So, oh, I um, so have that had a
1: thesis on that, I, yeah. I <laughs> could
4: have, yeah, I, I didn't, but I <laughs> definitely, definitely could have been an option. Um, there was a, um, which was not a psychology class. When I was at Santa Monica College, I actually had a speech class. Oh no, sorry, no, I took. It was a psychology class. I took Human Sexuality, and one of uh, this was like early on when I was working. There I was ninety eight. And I remember that um, as a final project, I was able to give out a survey. So I was asking, like, people's opinion on sexuality and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so I did a handful of, like, 12 people that I gave playmates and and people that worked at, like, you know, staff and things like that. I gave them the survey and then I gave it to, compared it to people who had never been to the mansion and just, Mm -hmm. like, their sexuality like their thoughts on it and things like that and then it was one of those things where they the professor said you can either do a survey or write a paper or you can do a presentation and so i was like i want to report my results and uh julie mccullough at the time was like hey would your would your human sexuality class be interested in having a former playmate come up and do like and A? Q&A? so i did the survey I did, and then I reported the results of the survey in a presentation. And then Julie came in and she answered that's an questions, a. and oh, I got I the high, I you. got the highest grade in the class.
3: <laughs> yeah, yes, that's I so cool. Bet. So that
4: was probably the only. And then uh, the speech class I was talking about was they had us to, to explain a process. And Julie and I used to go swing dancing, so when I had to explain the process of swing dancing, Julie came in as my partner.
2: Oh, that's she was cool. like,
4: "I have fun with this," so yeah. it was kind of cool.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like the transition was really weird because we, um, we'd we been there for so long. And I felt like it was um, very much a family. Like, I was sad to leave, and I kind of left a little bit prematurely. I mean, I, wanted, I was ready to go based on some things that were happening at the mansion. But in my head, I had thought that I would stay a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And um, I heard from so many people, from guests, from staff, that... They felt sad too that we were gone. Like it was kind of like it was. Things were so different.
4: It after was very. That. It was very different.
1: And I just never. I never really know. Like, do people just say that to make us feel better? Like, it was really amazing when you guys were there. Like, I felt like we all had so much fun and we were filming and like that. It was just like a really good. I mean, arguably, of course, but I just felt like it was a really good time period. And um, and then I just I felt like. There was a real sense of loss after it was over, and I felt that from other guests mm-hmm. and and staff that would share it with me. And then I, but I always tell myself, well, maybe they're just saying that to me because.
4: Well, I think you know, it's the, they had the show go, must go on mentality,
2: mm-hmm. um,
4: but it definitely was. It there's definitely a different vibe, you yeah. know. But I mean, we can also say that you know when it went from Kim to girlfriends, and when it went from three to seven, and when it went to Girls Next Door, and they were filming. Yeah, they were. You can always say that that. Of course. The vibe. So, you know, in general, of course it's going to be different. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, but like I said, it was going back, you know, then you had the twins and then you had Crystal and it just, it was definitely different and it was starting to pare down with everything. And I'm not just talking about cutting guests and cutting butlers, but it's just like cutting activities and his activity. And so it was just everything... You know, ramped up again in the 2000s Like it was for them in like the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. You know, where it wasn't in the 90s And then here we were all up on this You know, going up, up, up Now they're all in the media and everything And um, and then all of a sudden It's... Decline Yeah, it's just all declining It's just all getting quiet
1: Do you think this was Hef's choice?
4: Do I think it was Hef's choice? I honestly don't know um, I don't know if, you know... Because he liked entertaining, he liked the spotlight, Uh I think he liked the lifestyle.
3: Yeah. Did they ever Um, install an elevator when you were there, for perhaps? They
4: installed, it was like a chairlift thing. Oh.
1: Um, On the stairs? uh Uh-huh.
4: Oh. Um, So they did install that. Oh, okay. Was
1: Um, there, there was an elevator started though, right?
4: Yes, yes. And they may have completed it after I left, but I wasn't really there. No, nobody um,
1: has told me that they've, that they've seen it completed.
4: Right, so I know <laughs> that know there, were, there, I know that there started. were oh, there were plans for for it, um, and I remember the the chair that went up up and down the stairs because I that that was sort of my end um, over there um, because he had back issues mm-hmm. before anything else, so it was hard to get up and down the stairs. Yeah, which we had feared for years mm-hmm. that you know. We'd, I'd been there so so many so many times where he would kind of stumble a step, and I'd be like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, yeah. that never happened uh, during my tenure there. So.
1: Yeah. When did you start noticing Hef's health take a turn?
4: Probably around the time that you guys left. Probably around the time of the, the twins and Crystal.
1: Really? I felt like I could see
3: it. Like, when we saw him, remember when we were all at the Palms for his birthday in 2009? I felt like he looked so good. I was so there, too, different. by the way. You were? <laughs> uh, the, my fa-
4: Everybody's my, there. Well, my, fa- my favorite band was Dave Matthews Band, and they had happened to have a concert at the same time as his birthday in 2009. So
1: was Jen Pershing there, too? Pershing was with me, <laughs> yes. Well, I noticed a real change in everything at the mansion when Mary died. True. A definite, yeah. like, switch.
4: Well, happened. she she kept that place running.
1: I know. Yeah,
4: she pulled the strings. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, I remember when... I remember when I used to go out with you guys and do the photos um, when you went out on Wednesday nights because Elaine, who was there forever, she didn't want to do it anymore. And she's mm-hmm. like, can you please do it? You're just <laughs> at UCLA. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'll go out. I'll take pictures. When we went to catch up in STK and
2: <laughs> stuff like that.
4: Um, so it was like, you know, she was... Going, Mary was gone. So, yeah, there was, it was a whole changing of the guard as well, right? That um, nobody could run the ship like Mary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mary really looked out for him. Yeah. I tried to go visit Mary in the hospital, and I was blocked. Oh, really? Yeah.
4: Hmm. I had no idea.
1: Not interesting. Yeah. Ashley and I both were blocked from going to visit her. And I did get invited to her funeral, but that's only because Mark Rossler was in charge of the funeral. Mm -hmm.
4: So he made sure
1: that I was invited. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been.
4: I was invited to the funeral as well, but I didn't generally go to those things because I didn't want other staff members, especially other butlers, to get upset if I was invited to something and they weren't, so I tended to stay away from stuff um, like that. Yeah. Like the first time that Hef met my son, I had been working, I worked one of those 2am shifts the night before, and um, I had my car on property so we always had to take the keys and the, and the um, notebook for who called when we had to take messages mm-hmm. for Hef, and I would take them to security. So it was 2am, I had a 6 month old kid, and I was tired. And so I dropped the keys off at security, left the, um, I left the notebook, the message book in my car. And the next day my wife was at work and I had to, uh, I had to bring back the message book, but I'm not leaving a six month old kid in my car. Right. So I just parked like illegally parked right outside the back gate. And I'm like telling security, I'm like, Hey, I'm not, I'm just returning the book, but I got to take the kid with me cause I can't leave him unattended. And I walked in and it was, um, this was 2012. So, um, it was, they were doing a pumpkin carving night. And I had no idea, right? I didn't even think about that. But I walked in, and I was just going to, literally just going to drop the message book and then leave. But, of course, people wanted to see my kid and stuff like that. And, like, and then Elaine came in. And Elaine and I have always been really, really close. Like, she's like a mom to me and so she saw Carter and she was just freaking out because she's like, it's Carter he's here, and Mm -hmm. then she goes to me and she goes has Hef met Carter yet? Mm -hmm. And I said no, no he hasn't, I haven't been presenting my kid like the Lion King Yeah. and she goes, hold on a second and and this is where I'm like, I don't want anybody to think I get special privileges because I was just there literally to drop off something I forgot the night before and so we walk in and she, she takes me into the dining room where all the girls are carving pumpkins and there's Hef and He sees Carter, and he's like, oh, look, a baby. And he's like, oh, I want to meet him. And so there's, like, a picture of of Hef and I, and my son is, like, eyes wide, (laughs) like, not knowing what's going on. Um, And, you know, I I felt really awkward because, again, I'm like, I'm not asking for these things. Like, yes, I'm nice to people. Yes, sometimes I get invited to things because we are a family, but I don't ever want anybody to think that I get special privileges or that they're excluded. Mm
2: -hmm. So it was
4: really awkward. Yeah. But...
1: I tried to come up and see Hef uh for like 2 years. Mhm. I was trying to get a hold of somebody and they wouldn't let me up. Mhm. And um I was writing a book at that time and I wanted to talk to Hef about it and like just get his blessing on it, like not just do it, mm-hmm. and they would not let me up. Um but then Cooper invited me to the Midsummer Party that he was doing yeah. in 2016. Yep. And Nick and I went to that and um then uh Cooper said he could get me he could sneak me in on a Sunday. But I was out of town. Oh. So I couldn't do it.
2: Yeah. And then that was
1: it. less than a year later he died. Or well no, a little over a year later he died.
2: Yeah.
1: That was my one chance to like go and see him, but I wasn't I wasn't in town. And then so in the end when you left it's because they were paring down.
4: Yeah. So I was no longer working. I had been working Sundays, and then eventually they were like, well, only the current staff that's there. They didn't need extra people because they were paring down. Yeah. So they didn't need as many butlers on the weekends because the the size of the crowds were really small. Yeah. And so um, that's when, after midsummers they were they were telling me, they're like, well, we're paring down again, so I don't think there's going to be any need for you to come work parties anymore. And I said, that sounds about right. Okay, well... It's been a good run.
1: Yeah. Did you get invited to Hef's funeral?
4: Uh, I did get invited to Hef's funeral, but again, I did not want to make an appearance because I didn't want anybody to think. And even though, you know, because he was obviously special to me, but um, I did not um, want to make a scene. I never want anybody to think that I had privileges, so I paid my respects outside of that. Uh, and, and it wasn't the actual funeral. It was like the after, afterwards, like the reception thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I was invited to, but yeah.
1: Have you seen the mansion since?
4: I saw the mansion I mean I've seen pictures and things like that. Um, Does there's it break like your a, heart? there's like a Playboy Facebook page and there's people that like that that have shown pictures since then because we I remember I was around when the next door neighbor bought it and had the agreement that you know everything could be kept the same until. Yeah. That fateful day, um, but that because it was a landmark and because of the history, you know, obviously the guy wanted to make it into like a Graceland, but the uh, Homby Hills didn't have didn't allow for it. The, the neighbors said no, so they didn't have the zoning rights. Yeah, and so he said no, but we'll I'll keep it mostly the same. And I remember the the last time I was there, he had torn down the aviary, mm-hmm. just the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Everything else was still pretty much the same. And I was like, it still feels weird for for a yeah. couple of year, for a couple of years that was going on. And then there was and then the pictures I see now, and I'm just like, this is horrible.
1: Yeah, yeah. the aviary was cool. I don't know I why somebody wouldn't cool
3: want too. that. It
4: was really cool.
1: Yeah, I felt like the secret area. Yeah, it was cool. Know. Uh, the Playboy reunions. Yes, do you go to those?
4: I do. I do go to those. How are those? Um, I, do go- I've invited you guys? <laughs> Uh,
1: I don't think I'd be a welcome
3: guest on it. No, but I think I no. Gone.
4: I think the uh, like early on. Oh yeah, I, I, I told you mm-hmm. about it. Um, and uh, it is it is. <laughs> I'm here to say this is not my thing. I'm not the one that plans it, but it is. Uh, it's it's really nice. It's just a get together at the park by the mansion. Um, and people bring drinks and barbecue stuff. And, um, it's just, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, again, a lot of the guests didn't interact with a lot of the staff Mm -hmm. and it's more staff because it's staff run. It's more staff than guests, but it's kind of nice. It's that we get together and we honor our time there. And the fact that when we say that we're a family, it's really a family thing. So I'll, I Saw, that's where I saw Alan last mm-hmm. and um, things like that and so it's like you see people that you haven't seen in a while um, John Collado had never shown up before but he was there with his wife this time and oh, wow. you know we had so much history together it was just so nice to see him yeah um, so yeah so playmates come sometimes guests come and it's just kind of nice yeah. I don't stay very long because I usually have some sort of sport that my son is in or yeah. something else that I have to do. But it is, it's is—it's really nice.
1: That was all my questions. Is there anything we're forgetting to ask you? Or something you were like, oh, they didn't ask that. Too bad they didn't get that story because that would have been a, a zinger. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't
4: think so. Um, well, I, I mean, the only other story... Sometimes people ask me, um, like, who... Uh, most most of the time I get a question of, like, who's my favorite celebrity that I've ever met or something like that, or is there any cool story? And I will say that um, there was a... Party where Quentin Tarantino came,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and he was one of the first guests there because the parties would start at eight, but nobody would be mm-hmm. there at eight. And obviously, you you ladies wouldn't yeah. be ready until way later.
1: Yeah, um, so we had to watch the movie. And right, we couldn't even come down. Then we had right. to go get ready.
4: But um, so so you know, we would get a few guests trickle in at eight, but not much. So we didn't have a lot to do once we set up. And Tarantino happened to come. This was early two thousands. Maybe it was two thousand itself. And Tarantino, um, asked for a tour and he's like, can you, can you show me around? And I made sure it was cool with the boss and not the boss, but Mm -hmm. like Brian. And so I, I showed him around and in the, um, I took him into the uh, game house and into the van room and then he just sat down on the carpet in the van room and he's like, Hey, let me ask about you. And Tarantino was my favorite director Mm -hmm. at the time and still pretty much is, but, um, he, I was I was like, I have so many questions that I could ask you, but he's like, don't worry about me. He's like, I want to know about you as a butler. And this was the first time, this was before the show, before anything other than my friends asking me what's it like to work there. Yeah. He was like, he, and he painted this mental picture that I didn't even think about. He was like, here you are, a run-of-the-mill college student. And all of a sudden, you know, you have a shift, and then you they open the gates of Shangri-La, and you're in this, like... You know, you're in this paradise. You're in the happiest place on earth that's not (laughs) Disneyland. And, you know, like, what is it like? And he wanted to know, like, literally, like, how I felt, like, walking through the gates and then being Bryant the butler as opposed to Bryant the college student. um, Because it's, like, surreal. And this, again, before the public got a chance to see behind the, 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 the curtain. Yeah. So it was, that was probably my favorite Conversation because we talked for maybe f- half an hour, 40 minutes. Wow. And he just wanted to know what it was like to be in my position. Because he's like, all these people would pay thousands of dollars to go to these parties, and not only do you get to be there, I know you don't get to partake, but you get paid to be there. Yeah. And it's like, that didn't really occur to me until yeah. he had mentioned it. And so that was one of probably the coolest moments that I can say I had there.
1: Yeah.
3: That's so awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: So that's pretty much.
1: Well, this has been amazing. I don't know how long we've been recording for. <laughs> Two and a half hours.
2: <gasps> Whoops. Oh my god, <laughs> no, we love it. No, we the fans love, are it. love it. Yeah, they
1: oh my god, they're gonna love it. Thank you so much for doing this, and it's like so awesome to reconnect. <laughs> it's and fun. It yeah, was yeah. so fun, fun Reminisce. Sure.
3: Thank you for coming. Of course. <laughs>
4: Thanks for having me.
3: Yeah. So if you guys are looking for more content, you can find us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash girls next level. And we will see you guys next week. Bye guys.
0: Bye.